you know, a lot of what we sort of gear towards and, and think we're suited for, and you know, we're going to see that later in this year is this sort of micro dispensary model. Um, that's, I think we actually coined the term semi recently. This is Lit and Lucid, your after work de stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid. And we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back. Consume your favorite cannabis products. And get cozy cozy in the the lit and lucid lifestyle. Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are recording another episode of the show. We are just cruising here through season 11. So thanks for hanging with us and session with us every Thursday. We really appreciate that. Today, we have a special guest. He is Matt Frost, the founder of Anna. You guys, after spending a decade in healthcare analytics and becoming a business school dropout, Matt decided to take the leap and create Anna, the first AI-powered self-checkout solution for the cannabis industry. We even had the opportunity to go check out Anna ourselves at the Kind Love Dispensary in Denver, Colorado. And you guys, it's so cool. Like you just scan in your ID, it's super legit, and then you pick out the cannabis product that you'd like, put in your cash, and you get your product. So really dope idea idea, something new and innovative for the industry, and we're excited to have been able to try it and to have you here on the show today. With that, what's up, Matt? How's it going? Thank you so much for having me on today. Really appreciate it. And how, I've, I've got to ask, how is the how is the product? How is the flower from uh, last evening? Oh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we literally was, like, uh, rolled it up right as we got home and smoked it. That was great. Yeah, their, their flower at Kind Love is, is top notch. You made a good choice on the, uh, the cookies and cream. The cookies and cream, and then it started snowing like right as we got home. And so we were just like puffing a joint and watching it snow. Like it really worked out well. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we got to ask, you know, we're talking about cannabis right now. Uh, do you consume cannabis yourself, Matt? Not a chance. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, that's, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, I've been an enthusiast since, you know, back to the high school years. I won't say how, how early or how late. Um, but yeah, cannabis has always been a, a big part of my life. And, to make it a full profession and sort of a way of life, uh, you know, couldn't ask for anything better. Seriously, I mean, that's everybody's dream, right? To be able to take something as great and fun as consuming cannabis and then turning it into a reality. So let's talk about that. You know, this is essentially for people who are trying to wrap their head around it. It's a vending machine for cannabis products. So tell us more about the inspiration and the idea behind Anna and kind of that whole journey. Sure. So. About three and a half years ago, um, I was in business school. I was getting my MBA. I had a semester left, actually. And we were working on a case study, uh, one of our group projects. And it was about uh, time studies. So it's queuing theory, how long you wait in line, uh, where a bottleneck is in a process. And I had the idea of going into a, a local dispensary. You know, Everything was medical in Massachusetts at the time. So that was, I was at Boston University as well. I'm a Boston born and bred guy. <laughs> um, but so we, you know, I, w- I went to the local dispensary. I said, you know, we'd love to do this case study to you know, sort of understand where the bottlenecks are in the process. I personally have, even though I know what I want when I come in, I generally am waiting 15, 20 minutes to fulfill an order. So there was, you know, some uh, you know, a personal desire to do it. And also for the, the, uh, the sake of the project of the case study to also do it. Um, so I spoke with one of the bud tenders at the location. 
Uh, she was thrilled, thought it was a great idea. You know, you could sort of see um, the way she responded that like, yeah, there's some efficiencies we could really use around here. Yeah. Um, I said, our CEO happens to be on site today. Let me go ask them to, uh, if this would be something they'd be interested in. Mind you, I did tell them, I said, this would be, we'd only share the results with our professor and with you. Um, we wouldn't disclose anything. Um, the bartender came back a minute later and said, how long you wait in line is proprietary information and you need to get out of the store. <laughs> oh, yes. I, um, I, I often equate it to, if folks are a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, the Spite store. And, you know, at that moment, I, I, when I heard, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that it's proprietary, how long we wait in line. And I just sort of looked around and I said, it's, you know, I'm getting my MBA in, in the next couple of months. Um, I, I sort of, just, I said, I'm still going to be in a position where I can't maybe do what I want to do. I still, I, just, I wanted to take more control mm -hmm. and I wanted to solve the problem ultimately. So, you know, in short order, I'd actually put business school on pause. I'd left my current job and I jumped into this uh, full force in, you know, with studying regulations, writing patents, which we did just get uh, granted about two and a half weeks ago, which we're super thrilled about. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, thank you. Um, it, yeah, and just and jumping in, writing the code, developing the prototype and fast forward three, three and a half years later and, and here we are. That's big time. And I'm sure like anybody who's listening is like, Gee whiz, you know, that's crazy that you can just like kind of take a product to market or at least start digging in that fast of something that's kind of so revolutionary as this product is. Uh, you know, did you have any background with working with like vending machines or like, uh, you know, like consumer point of sale systems or anything like that prior to, to kind of diving into this or how, you know? So in my you know, professional career prior to cannabis, I had worked a lot in the health sciences, um, data science, healthcare analytics, that space. So Software delivery was always something I was very familiar with and, and understanding, you know, customer requirements, developing a product that, you know, it, it, you know, hits the mark for everybody. So that I was very familiar with. Uh, vending, not so much at all. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of trial and error with that, you know, and we definitely learned a lot. I, I almost became an engineer once upon a time. And I pretty, I think we were talking about this last night. I, I pretty much taught myself the engineering that I, you know, would have elsewise learned. But um, <laughs> it, it was really just a, I saw an opportunity. Uh, it was, you know, passion for the industry. And I just saw this, you know, pardon the pun, but this green space of thing, you know, something that, could, you know, I always look at cannabis as it eventually will normalize. It'll be just like any other industry. And it's going to need all the same services, the same hardware, software, you name it. And there was this gap of, you know, why isn't there any self-checkout or any automation really going on inside the, this, on the dispensary floor? And sort of seeing that opportunity, you know, I grabbed it and, and it, ran as far as I could with it. And luckily we, uh, we made the right decisions and, you know, the persistence always need persistence in starting a company as I'm, I'm sure you two are well aware of. Uh, and, and it's really just, you know, eventually the hard work paid off. Yeah, for real. That, that's what I was thinking. I mean, three and a half years of working on this. I mean, that's some serious passion and drive. And I mean, we run a business ourselves and we understand the ups and downs and going at it for three and a half years. I mean, kudos to you. And I'm so glad to see, you know, it come to fruition. And now you have it in stores, which is very exciting. I know you guys are expanding all across U.S. Really cool. Um, let's just talk a little bit more. Like, what was the inspiration behind the name Anna? Because when you look at it, you know, she is. It's like this friendly, like, lady that you go up to, and she seems so happy and cool, and you just get your cannabis from her. So tell us a little bit more about that. So uh, it, was, it was a combination of several things that sort of went into the, uh, the, you know, the naming of Anna. It, uh, the first and sort of overarching theme was we, we didn't want anything to be very, like, super overt. Um, it, we wanted to have something that was kind of subtle, 
definitely had its, um, you know, you could under, if you made the association, you'd understand like, oh yeah, it's Anna, it's cannabis. Uh, so that was sort of the first piece. And, you know, we, we, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out exactly what, how we wanted to name this. Um, there, there was some, some old names that didn't, you know, didn't exactly roll off the tongue. Um, <laughs> you know, really we, we landed on Anna. It was a combination of things. So Anna cannabis, uh, that was, you know, that's one of the obvious ones, uh, because I have such a, you know, passion and background in data science and the analytics side, analytics sort of became a very uh, easy bridge for, you know, when we are you know, sort of looking at the, how we can help improve the industry and the, uh, the new market opportunities and helping new markets come online, we could use some of the consumer purchase preferences and, you know, the different you know, the sales, you know, uh, sales data to actually help, uh, you know, new industries come online. And, it was sort of an homage to my goddaughter, who I truly do love. Her her name is Gianna, so G I A N N A. So yeah. as you'll see it stylized and you know all lowercase. Anna is you know how you'll see the logo, how you'll see it uh, publicized, and that's all those things sort of coming together was really the the root of of why we why we're named Anna. I think that's pretty cool. I mean, there's a ton of little like nuggets in there that you know a lot of it, it ties together the brand and also it ties together the culture and. Um, we were we were laughing last night at the smiley face and how you know you were talking about um, you know some of the brand ideations that the logo ideations had like a frown and then uh, you would go get your cannabis and put a smiley face and you guys just went right for the smiley face and I think that's really great for the brand because it, it really makes it approachable as a consumer as if you are interacting with somebody or uh, it's not so much of like I'm interacting with a piece of technology it's like uh, it feels like a personable experience and so. I think coming from somebody like yourself, who's probably more of like an analytically driven individual and, and a focus in the software, I think that's great foresight to also create something that's approachable uh, from a consumer standpoint. So uh, that's pretty neat. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it, it, I, I make very few great creative decisions. Uh, <laughs> I definitely consider myself an analytic, you know, analytical type of person. Um, but when we landed on this and we played with, you know. Is it Anna something, Anna this, Anna that, Anna bot? And we just, you know, when we landed on Anna, it's one of the few times that I might have hurt my shoulder to pat myself on the back. <laughs> That's great. Well, let's talk about it more in terms of like, uh, so now this is like in a store and, and somebody, you know, somebody's going to make the conscious decision to probably bring this into their store. And so, uh, you know, tell us about some of the benefits to, to maybe consumers or the store that they'll see with, you know, uh, a kiosk or a vending machine like this. Absolutely. So from the consumer side, you know, it's again, I go back to uh, norm, the whole industry of cannabis normalizing and being like any other industry um, with with this. It's, you know, there's self-checkout. There's, you know, uh, you can you know sort of check out of most retail places, convenience stores, supermarkets. Um, we wanted to bring something like that and just have a have, you know, have the retail experience be something on par with what people are used to on the day to day. The real benefits is that, you know, maybe you you don't want to share your order. Maybe you want to order ahead. Uh, we offer that. So what you can actually do is you go on to uh, our site or one of our partner dispensary sites, and you can browse the menu, uh, add products to your cart. And when you submit the order, you actually get back a QR code. Now that QR yes. code on your phone, when you walk up um, and scan your ID, uh, your phone, you know, in the system, you know, not in the system, but um, you know, you can talk about some of the security checkpoints in a little bit. Um, but once you're using the machine, if you click on ordered online, you can scan your phone and scan that QR code and everything that you ordered online, your whole cart pre-populates. So it's really, it's about speed and efficiency in that scenario where you can um, you know, come in, grab your products, get out the door and you know, usually under a minute. 
um, from the dispensaries that it really, you know, it's this sort of timed well with COVID. Um, we certainly, you know, knowing that it's been three, three and a half years, um, we definitely did not have the foresight on something like this, but it does play well into, you know, social distancing, uh, giving people the privacy and giving people the space to make their orders. So, you know, there's really, there's, and there's way more benefits than I'm, I'm shortchanging ourselves right now, but it's really just the, that quick, efficient um, uh, transaction for the customers that generally know what they want before they go into the store. They want to get in and out and uh, enjoy their cannabis. Yeah, I think that's helpful too, especially, you know, with COVID. I mean, what what impeccable timing with COVID um, to kind of drive something like this, where a lot of dispensaries were moving to online ordering because they had to. They couldn't uh, they couldn't host in-person guests or they could only have so many people in the store. Or, um, they had to do curbside pickup. And I think this just gives people another option. I mean, it's no different than... Uh, uh, I'm thinking of like Panera Bread or something when you like, you know, you make your order and you walk in and you just pick it up off the shelf or something. Um, this is the same way. You don't have to like stand in line and, and be checked in by a bud tender and then kind of wait to, to get even your online order. You can just walk in, like you said, with the QR code and then bam, just like scan it. You're already done. Uh, it kind of pops the stuff out and you're on your way. And I think that's, I, that's how anybody, I mean, really probably wants to shop for cannabis. I mean, uh, I think we talked about last night, like introverts, like I'm an introvert. Uh, I feel bad sometimes, you know, standing in front of a bud tender and and going like, um, um, you know, and, and then there's five people behind me and I'm like, oh, man, I feel so much pressure and I don't even know what I want. And then I make some rash decision and I'm not happy with it. And I feel like this kind of takes that takes the edge off where you can go shop without the pressure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's beautiful 27 inch touchscreen right in front of you, you get to <laughs> Browse through the photos, you know, see which products you like. Everything's categorized as you would normally see it in any menu. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it does it does take that pressure off. You know, you think it's, you know, we always want to, you know, want to bring this, bring the entire industry as a whole and also the, the really the retail component, just have it be commensurate with what people expect on the day-to-day -day basis. And sort of closing that gap has always been the, the goal of us, our team, and all of our enthusiasts. Yeah, but let's uh, talk about like the flip side to this situation. So I will admit when I first heard about this, I was like, oh, no, like, what about the bud tenders? They've already has it so rough. You know, we've heard so many plights about bud tenders. And I saw it as a thing just replacing the bud tender. I know we had a conversation about this yesterday about, you know, it, it's in addition to. So why don't you explain to us a little bit more about the role of the bud tender as well as with Anna? Absolutely. So you know, this is uh, it, this is a bud tender controlled process, and this is a lot of um, the compliance measures that we put into place with Anna. So there's we never want someone just to you know go willy nilly, be able to order whatever they want, um, you know, order as much as they want. There's all these checkpoints that we put into place, not only just through the software, but also through the human intervention component. So uh, when you do submit your order, <clears throat> excuse me, as a customer, there you know a bud tender who's already in you know behind the counter in their normal position, or maybe there's someone on the floor as sort of a concierge, in either scenario, um, the bud tender gets pinged on the, the um, bud tender side of the Anna application, and they actually review the order. So they put their eyes on it, make sure, hey, you know, it's, it's beneath your purchase limits, um, it, you know, everything it looks good, and they sign off on the order. So this is definitely a bud tender controlled process. Um, and it, that's, you know, one from a compliance measure and two, you know, we always want that oversight and, you know, we want to work alongside the bud tenders and the dispensary workers and, you know, definitely not a, uh, not a replacement. Yeah, I like that. And I think one thing I noticed too, just by going and visiting, which was nice, was that um, it's an option. It's an option for consumers. It's not like a dispensary is saying like, we're setting up 80 of these vending machines and having like zero human interaction. And 
it's like you can still go up to the counter and shop by the counter and have that interaction with the bud tender or you can go to a vending machine and, and like quickly get the product you want. And so I think regardless, I think it is improving the consumer's experience. And at, all, at the same time, I mean, you know, uh, like the very first interaction you had with a bud tender that kind of like spurred this whole thing. I think bud tenders will look at it as uh, is like there is those, those shoppers that are continual shoppers and they, and they come in and they want the same thing and you're just making it easier for them. And I think as a job for a bud tender, I think that's ultimately what you're trying to do all the time is just provide customer service and make that that shopping experience for the end consumer as quick and painless and easy as possible. And so uh, this just helps to facilitate a different transaction for somebody who makes that choice. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it adds that extra you know, layer, you know, there's less contact. I mean, if you have someone who's managing it from behind the counter and there's, you know, two, three, four people up using Anna, there's not necessarily that that handoff that, you know, exchange of the money and, and there's there's that space. So we're, you know, hitting all the marks in terms of compliance. Now the bud tenders are driving the process, but we add that extra layer of, you know, security and, and distance really for the bud tenders to, uh, to run with. I think it's great. I can think of two scenarios. I know there's a popular dispensary we like to go to. And sometimes if you go there on a Saturday, you're going to be waiting, you know, 30, 40 minutes. And I know I've left a couple of times because I just didn't have the time to wait. So if you had that option, I think that that would be great. As well as I know we went to a very uh, busy dispensary in Vegas and we waited for like an hour. And I know a lot of the people there like had taxis and lifts outside and like the lifts were getting all mags. These people were like having them wait and the wait time was like forever. So for places like that, like that would be perfect. Yeah, I think it's like anytime you're providing an option, I think that makes an streamlined service. I think that's always a benefit to the end consumer. Absolutely. We want to improve the consumer experience. And really, you know, in the case of all the customers that already know what they want and you know, they can use Anna as an option, we're also freeing up the bud tender time for people that need a little more guidance yeah. or have questions. So yeah, it's really twofold in the, the benefit there. Totally. I like that. Well, let's kind of let's kind of go back a little bit. And I'm sure people are wondering, like, well, you know, what all can I get from a vending machine? Is it just like packs of packs of flour and joints or something? Or, you know, tell us about all the different products that you can possibly, uh, you know, fit into a vending machine and, and consumers can purchase from one. Yeah. The, so there's no limitation with um, with what we can stock and, and, and provide through Anna. Um, we've even talked about in some cases. Uh, putting clones, uh, actual clones inside of the machine and being able to. That's so (laughs) cool. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of versatility and that's, you know, a big reason why we work with the partners that we do is it's not your typical, um, let's say if you're looking at a snack vending machine where you see these, these spirals that are, you know, that's where you have the bags of chips and, and that's, it's, we have a lot more flexibility in terms of you can make the shelves taller, shorter, uh, you know, individual product widths, you know, uh, wider or smaller. So, at a max configuration, you know, we can uh, we can have over a thousand um, pre rolls inside of a machine, uh, up to fifty six different types. Or, but you can really have any type of product, uh, you know, flour, pre roll, concentrates, um, edibles, you name it. We even it's temperature controlled as well, and that's actually within an individual machine. You could have you know forty degrees towards the bottom of the machine, holding your uh, you know any beverages or anything that needs to be kept cold, like some uh, some live products. Or when you go more in that same machine, you can go towards the top and things will be at 70, 72 degrees uh, and kept at room temperature like your flower. And so it's really that versatility to it is, has been you know, phenomenal. And I think the, the one thing we have noticed is that, you know, people love to be able to see flower. Um, they want to be able to see it, touch it. It's, it's 
slow down and become a little bit less prevalent in the in this new era that we're in. But you know, it's still people want to be able to see what their actual products that they'll be purchasing. So uh, I won't, I'll spoil it a little bit, but we actually have in the process right now some some VR that we're integrating into the new oh, hardware wow. that's coming out. Um, so someone would actually be able to have a virtual nug, you know, sort of pop up in front of them and they can you know, touch it and they'll spin it, look at it in a 3D uh, motion. So that'll that's be so cool. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed we're going to see that this year, but um, you know, not to give too much away besides that. No, that's awesome. That's one thing that we've been talking about with the pandemic is that the way we purchase flour is not the same. So we've always been told the nose knows and you're supposed to be able to smell your flour. <laughs> now we can't smell our flour. We can't see our flour. They're like, here's your prepackaged flour. Have a good day. So now I'm just buying off whatever sounds good, honestly, or, you know, maybe at the THC, but not really. So if you were able to at least have some sort of visual in front of you, I think that's definitely a plus. Yeah, that was the motivation for it. And it's, uh, you know, we have a great dev team, our developers, our engineers are, you know, they're top notch. I, I'm happy we, we've uh, been able to acquire, you know, acquire their talents for, for our services yeah. here. But, you know, they're, um, they're working away, working hard at that. And, you know, I'll take this crazy vision, like something, you know, having a, a 3D nug be able to be sort of interactive and you can, and, you know, look at it, touch it, all that. And they're actually able to take my, my wild dreams and, and put them into reality. So, you know, big props and shout outs to shout outs to those guys. Yeah, that's what's cool about all this. You know, on the way home yesterday, Lucy and I were remarking about uh, probably one of the more like remarkable things about this uh, this product you created is the software behind it, and it's really, you know, the processes processes you put into place and the software that really manages it all. I mean, the vending machine is definitely like a lot of work on its own. Don't get me wrong, but you guys have really made some strides in the software, and especially in regards to just making this you know, regulatory, you know, I guess, you know, abiding by the regulatory rules and the laws and making it compliant with retailers. And so, uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about the process of, you know, really figuring out the software and putting it together a team and, and you guys doing the legwork to like make this all a reality. Yeah. I mean, so, so much of this, you know, it's, we, we, we learn on site more than anything, but we really, we, our first, you know, after the first year of just developing prototypes and getting something crude put together, I really spent the next you know year and a half, two years, just understanding what dispensaries need and what's important to them, what kind of control they need to have. And you're also thinking about um, when there's discounts or there, there's price adjustments or different you know, things that get applied that you have to be able to fully automate that aren't necessarily the easiest thing. Um, you know, the building out the software, you know, I, I really, I modeled it a lot after some of the healthcare like analytics tools that I've used in the past and in, in past labs. And you know, really the, what happened, you know, the output of that was a, a rules engine. So we have a cannabis rules engine that runs in the back end. Um, it will be pretty much take all of the regulatory and all the, all the legislation that's put in place, all of the fulfillment criteria that has to make a compliant cannabis transaction. And we've distilled it down into code and we're constantly you know, on a weekly basis, reviewing regulations, making sure everything's up to speed, building in versatility for different workflows, um, you know, different state requirements, you know, does the state require you to be double ID checked? Um, mm -hmm. Is the, is the purchase or are the purchase limits lower in this state or is it different if you're out of state? Uh, all these things that we put into this rules engine for, uh, you know, all 50 states, uh, Canada as well. Um, we've put, you know, we have, so we have these options If you can, it can be a CBD machine, which is a little more free flowing and operates much more uh, autonomously like a, you know, a standard vending machine, mm -hmm. or, you know, if you have, if it's a THC component version, I should say, um, you, you know, we have these very basic sort of prompts, where is it, 
you know, where are you placing this? What products are you selling? Um, you know, these types of things. So we've really built, you know, distilled the workflow down and all of the compliance measures into this rules, rules engine that we're constantly updating. And that's one of the most valuable pieces that we have. I mean, just coming from the analytics space, I just, I, I knew that building that correctly and building it, you know, with the right data right up in the beginning was going to be one of the most valuable um, assets of ours. And, and it's, it's proven that way. That's why we're, you know, we're in Colorado, we'll be, we're heading into Oregon, California, Nevada, uh, Massachusetts, uh, Canada soon enough. So we've got you know, that versatility has done us, done us well. A couple episodes ago, we had Kim Stuck on and we discussed how uh, a lot of these cannabis companies that come into the space, a lot of them, I mean, it's just you're like a compliance company first and foremost before you're a cannabis cultivator or a dispensary or something. Your focus is almost solely on compliance. And so, uh, you know, you guys creating a product like this and then getting it approved to, to be used. I mean, clearly that's a nod. To, you guys have you guys have done your back end and you guys have done your legwork and your due diligence to make sure the compliant matches up. And I think that's one of the more incredible things just because, you know, compliance is, it's a lot. It's a lot to keep up with. And you guys were even uh, tracking purchase limits. And you showed us yesterday how uh, you'd already made a purchase through the machine and, and scanned your ID. And again, and then the machine even remembered that you'd already, uh, you know, identified that you'd already purchased for the day, which is also what the other point of sale systems do within the state so that you can't go and, and purchase more than your daily limit at a dispensary. And that's all like rule stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of these bud tenders and, and point of sale systems already account for, but it's also just some like another little detail that uh, you guys have to include into this. Absolutely. And we do it in a way that's, um, you know, privacy first. You know, that's I come from the healthcare space, like I had mentioned before. And it's, you know, there's this term PHI, which is personal health information or PI, just personal info. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be tracking anything of, of a customer's information that you don't have to. And we certainly don't. Um, when it comes to tracking, hey, you know, someone already bought uh, half an ounce at Dispensary X using Anna. Uh, they only have another half ounce that they can buy today um, before they hit their limit. And we do all that in a way that doesn't track, you know, Matt Frost, person X. You know, that's, we have this all sort of de- it's de-identified, and that's you know one of the cornerstones of, of how we built this out is that you know we don't want to you know not only are we you know, being cautious and we, we want to have useful data and useful purchase metrics at the end of the day, but we can do that in a way that does not require us to, to track any of your info. And that's sort of been a, uh, not even a staple, it's been sort of a cornerstone, like I said, of, of what, you know, of how we want to build this out and, and create value. Who would you have ever thought that you could use your background in creating like HIPAA <laughs> compliance software to create a <laughs> cannabis vending ah, machine? HIPAA. Okay. So you see, so you've got some, uh, some healthcare knowledge there as well. Maybe, some, maybe a background in the, the healthcare space, but yeah, it's, it's funny the the things that you go through in life that really just you don't realize they sort of mold you and prepare you for for what lies ahead. You know, I try not to to think too much on it. I like to sort of keep my mind clear and, and let myself operate. You know, sort of within the guidelines of, of how I you know generally do things. But it is it is nice to sort of look back on and look you know see that this experience helped me in this scenario. And I I credit so much of you know, the business acumen and th- things that I'm able to do on the business degree that I never got. I mean, I got 90% of it, but I look back and it's, I'm very grateful for, for going as far as I did just because there's so much of it that was useful. Absolutely. I love that. It's such a fun journey. Yeah. I think your whole story really is pretty incredible because, you know, you were, you started the whole thing with basically just doing market research and you didn't just like come up with a harebrained idea and then just like start working on it like uh, in a silo. You were like went out into the field and started asking directly to bud tenders, the people who are who are doing the same job that your vending machine is doing. And you got the feedback direct from the bud tender immediately that, yeah, this is something that 
could probably make a wave in the industry. And then you just kind of, uh, you just devoted your time and, and three and a half years later, it's a reality. And you guys are some of the first people doing this and working with the regulators and working with these new states. It's, it's, it's emerging and are really uh, pushing the bar. And so, you know, you really have to give yourself, like you said earlier, a harder pat on the back, not just with, you know, the name, but I think also with the opportunity of recognizing the opportunity and then also assembling uh, your knowledge and a team uh, to make it a reality. Because, you know, we saw yesterday, it's no it's no easy task to, to organize this. And um, I think that's why, you know, it takes time to, to put all this stuff together because it's a lot to work through. And you guys have done that work. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's really, it's a matter of persistence. Um, I often, you know, talk from for anyone that wants to listen <laughs> generally it's uh no i always talk about starting a business as uh it's not it's not, not anything that um you know most people are unable to do but it's that persistence factor and i always equate it to like accounting right uh accounting is the basic for math functions it's nothing over com- overly complex you know addition subtraction division multiplication but it's that persistence and you have to get up and and, and work through it every day and and know that you know and believe in what you're doing and at, another thing i always say is that it's there's few times in life where, you know, there's always that adage of if everyone around you is crazy, like you're the crazy one. And there's <laughs> just, I, there's like very few spot moments in life where you have to look around and be like, no, everyone else is the crazy ones. Like we actually know what we're talking about. And, <laughs> and it's this, you know, there's a couple of those moments in, in the creation and sort of the, you know, building up this company where it's, you know, we, we, we take, we take all advice, we distill it down. Um, we make our own best judgment decisions based on the information at hand, but there are times where you just have to sort of go against you no know, common, you know, the common thought and, and really, you know, and double down. And that, I think we've been very good at picking those moments and knowing when we're not crazy. That's important, I think, too. And, and especially when you're doing something like this that's so new and has no uh, precedence really to build off of, I think you really have to just take out the noise of everybody else and, and the critics and, and everybody and just kind of focus on what you're doing. And like you said, I mean, nobody's going to know better than you guys because you guys are on the ground working with it every day. And these regulators ain't necessarily going to know because as you've seen, these regulations are all different in every state. And so these regulators are really just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and saying, you know, this is what we think is correct and what we have going here. And and you guys are more just like, uh, this is how this is, has to work to, to make it work as a vending machine. And this is the software and, and the parameters that it has to work within. And you know, there's nobody else out there, Matt, that uh, that can do what you do. So uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. So let's just talk just kind of briefly now about, um, you know, what do you see with Anna? You know, as Anna continues to kind of roll out across the U.S. and the legalization continues, you know, what do you think the future holds with this technology and its place within the market? Um, just really continued expansion, you know, uh, adoption. Uh, we're really... We continue to build out our rules engine and, and understand, you know, what the new, you know, the new compliance measures are, not only just in the existing states, but in new states that are coming online. Um, you know, we've got a, uh, a tall task ahead of us that we're, we're, we're primed and ready to, to work through, but we've got, you know, almost 200 machines that we plan to deploy across the next 18 wow. to 24 months. It's an aggressive goal. Um, you know, we have the right people to do it. Uh, we wouldn't be anywhere without the, the strong kick-ass team that we do have and that we've, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have helped assemble. Uh, but really, it's, you know, we, we see a lot of, you know, it, again, it goes back to, you know, normalizing the industry um, from so many different aspects, but just in the retail aspect of, you know, making it an, a commensurate experience with what people are, are used to. Um, but from the other side of it, too, from the operator side, you know, there's there's barriers to get in. It's it, it's not it's not a uh, cheap or inexpensive um, industry to sort of tap into, especially as a license holder. 
I mean, we, you know, as an ancillary or a software hardware company, however you want to classify us, you know, there's sort of, it's a different, a different approach and different upfront costs that have gone into this. But, you know, we see some operators and, you know, a lot of people think that everyone's just, you know, rolling in money and, and these operators are just, you know, they're printing money, but it's tough. I mean, there's, there's tax implications, you know, the IRS tax code um, that, that really, you know, you're not allowed to claim any, you know, employee expenses and different, you know, different things that you can't, like a normal business would be able to have a tax deduction for. Um, so it, it's tough to be profitable. Once you do become profitable, then, you know, it's a different story, but getting there is tough. So a lot of, you know, a lot of what we sort of gear towards and, and think we're suited for, and, you know, we're going to see that later in this year is this sort of micro dispensary model. Um, that's, I think we actually coined the term semi recently. Um, it's, so it's the idea that you don't have to, as a business owner, you don't necessarily have to go find, you know, that you have to make a choice, right? Where it's, are we going to get 5,000 square feet? Um, you know, maybe not right downtown, but sort of, you know, off to the side in the suburbs or in a different neighborhood because we can't, you know, afford to have that sort of, we need a certain amount of throughput, but we can't afford to have that be right smack dab in the middle of downtown because, you know, retail cost, uh, you know, the square footage, you know, cost per square foot is, is outrageous. Now, the way we sort of look at it is that you can have that same output as that 5,000 square foot store in something that's maybe 800 to 1,000 square feet, and you can pick that prime real estate. And you can still have 80 to 100 percent even of that same throughput with the use of automation and, and you know maximizing that space. So that's really the the model. I mean, there's a lot of different things we uh, we have our our you know our hands in the our we have sticks in the fire, whatever the expression is. A lot of different things that we're that we're working on. But we really think the biggest benefit there is that you know we can not only give more access to consumers and have more dispensary locations be you know available, but also from the business side of it. Um, you're able to really start up your own um, shop at a much more efficient um, cost model. I love that. And that's a huge problem for a lot of these dispensaries. I know people think they're making tons of money and they really are not and they're struggling. So I think that that's a really great option for some, even in new states, you know, like you said, if they want to create a smaller dispensary than these huge 10,000 square foot stores, that's a great option. Yeah, I often look at like, um, you know, the advent of, of, uh, of e-commerce and the modern retail experience. And, you know, the big, the big box stores just, you know, feel they sort of faded away over the past 20 years. And, you know, well, you know, there's this opportunity where you don't have to go build out this huge space. You can do this in sort of a new age, you know, um, uh, the semi-automated and semi-autonomous uh, model that we're, that we're putting out there. And I think it's, it's important because it's a service that, you know, all sides need. That's so true. Yeah. I'm even thinking about now and I don't know how to think about this before, but we've already seen a huge shift just in, uh, in, in regular retail, big box stores towards just self-checkout. And so this is kind of a, kind of like the same direction of just self-checkout. So we're, we're already heading there as a society. Absolutely. Cool. All right, Matt. Well, we like to finish up our show with something fun. Uh, we are the lit and lucid podcast. So are you lit or are you lucid? Uh, I think I operate both <laughs> at all times. I'm that's I almost I think one sort of necessitates the other in, in my life. It's um, yeah, I think it's a, the best way to put it. I love it. Love it. That's that's a unique uh, unique angle. So we'll take it. We love we love when somebody's both lit and lucid. We like to find the balance. So we're the all balance, about that. All about the balance. Well, if somebody wants to learn more about Anna uh, vending machines and in your company, how can they do that? Yes, yeah, so we're at tryanna.com, T-R-Y-A-N-N-A. Uh, there's contact forms there. You know, my personal email is matthew at tryanna.com. Um, you know, so feel free to get a hold of us, whether you're, 
you know, you can check out online menus if you're a consumer. You can, you know, place orders, just learn more about the product. Um, if you're you know, a business owner or uh, of the sort, you can reach out to us and talk about opportunities for demos, whether here, uh, you know, in the Denver area, uh, Boston, or anywhere else, anywhere expanding rapidly. We've got uh, about four new states we're bringing online in you know, the next couple of months. So we're super excited and always happy to, to conversate. And we're, we're happy to be a part of this industry and anyone with questions, whether it's about the business or just about startups in general. And, and you know, we're always happy to part whatever wisdom that we have. So you know, feel free to reach out. I love that, Matt. That's great. Thank you. All right, you guys. Well, if you see Anna out in the wilderness, like tag us, tag them. (laughs) Let us know how you like the experience. It was super cool. We loved it. So definitely let them know how you feel about it. Thank you again for sitting down with us today. And we look forward to uh, the continued rollout of Anna and what's next. I mean, I can't wait to get that uh, that VR cannabis nug on screen. I'll, I'll just go hang out at Kind Love over there all day, just like <laughs> checking out all the nugs and playing with it. And they'll be like, hurry up, man. You got to like get your weed and get and get out, and out of here. This is supposed <laughs> to be efficient. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Anna won't yell at you, so you get that going. Yeah, just don't go and put like Pac-Man on it or something. We'll all be like standing there all day just like playing games. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Thank you, you so much. I, I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, you guys, with that, I'm Lit. I'm Lucid. And that's it. Laters. Laters.